Hello everybody, my name is Brian Wenger. This is the Small Bees Kaizen Podcast, episode 19. Small Bees Podcast is for the entrepreneur and the business person out there who's serious about making an improvement to your business by using Kaizen or continuous improvement as a central part of your business strategy. So on this show, what I like to do is I like to pick different topics and just break it down in such a way that you can pick something that you can do something about today for your business. So what is this episode all about? Today, I'm going to be talking about the subject of business insight or otherwise known as business intelligence, which is really all about using intelligence or information that allows you to make the correct decisions for a business. So this is just going to be one of those brain dumps where I'm just going to give you my opinions, my experiences and my tips and advice on how best you can use the business intelligence tools that are available all around us to make those all important business decisions going forward. So first and foremost, let's backtrack a little bit and just define what I mean by business intelligence. So just imagine you're driving a car in pitch darkness with the headlights turned off. So although you might be able to start the car, you, you possibly could even move a few meters. But will you reach your destination? I doubt it. So that's what business intelligence is. These are the headlights for your business. They show you where to turn, where the hazards are. And most importantly, they keep you on the road to achieving your business objectives. Okay, so I'm going to break it down for you real simply into four sections. So I'm going to talk about the four sources of gathering business intelligence or business insight. It's really one and the same thing. So these four sources are customer intelligence. The second one is organizational intelligence. And the third one is competitive analysis. And then the last one is market trends. So without wasting any further time, let's get straight into it. We're going to cover, first of all, customer insight. So for me, this is really the, the essence of, of business. This is really what triggers business in my definition. Business is all about fulfilling a need or solving a problem for a customer. So you are in business to fulfill a customer's needs. So listening to what your customer has to say about that product or that service or those goods that you supply them is paramount. That is really what triggers sustainability in terms of a business going forward. Let's face it, if you've got no customers, chances are you're not in business. Yeah. So customer insight is really all about finding reliable feedback from your customers in terms of what they're saying. So I call this the voice of the customer. So there are three main methods that I want to just cover with you. And um, depending on the nature of business that you're in, you know, you may want to consider some or even all of these methods. It really depends on what kind of business you're in. But I just want to cover with you some of the basics that are free tools to use out there and look at them in such a way that you can actually start using some of these tools. Right. So before we even get into that, so voice of the customer, one thing I need to just highlight, and I'm sure you're all aware and have heard the term of Web 2.0. 
Now, you may have different definitions of what Web 2.0 is all about, but I like to put it simply as follows. So if you can imagine a couple of years ago, maybe five or ten years ago even, when a lot of the e-commerce sites were starting, a lot of uh, companies were starting to experiment with selling goods online. The likes of Amazon were coming on stream, eBay coming on stream. Also straight out traditional online sales. That was a couple of years ago. So that was Web 1.0. And what Web 1.0 was all about is this was business being dictated by the terms from the business owner's point of view. So the business owner would dictate what they're selling, how much they're willing to sell it for, how it gets delivered to you, when it gets delivered to you, sometimes even what variant is available, what color is available, depending on the product, of course. So that was really the business on the business owner's terms. That's Web 1.0. So those days are gone. Today, we talk of Web 2.0. And Web 2.0, quite simply, is doing business on the customer's terms. So what do I mean by that? Quite simply, what the customer says is what matters. And they do have a say, they do have a voice, and hence the voice of the customer. So what has really made a difference in the way Web 2.0 operates now is the customer now is able to dictate the terms, the conditions of sale, the conditions of product. Sometimes even customers dictate what new product should be coming on stream because they do have the voice. What has made really this possible is the advent of social media platforms and social media networks, which I will cover in great detail in this in these tips. So let's look at what Web 2.0 tools you can use today. So the first one I want to cover is really, and there are actually three methods I want to cover here. So the first method I want to cover is one that is simply all about customer reviews. So what is a customer review? Customer review is exactly as the name implies. And a customer who has purchased or has interacted with any online purchasing platform to buy a product or a service has the ability to leave a review, which is basically feedback on how that product or that service has gone down with them. In other words, what have they experienced? So leaving a review is one of the most common and free methods to gather exactly what customers feel about the product that you may be selling or maybe representing or you know, associated with your business. And the, the reviews are everywhere you go, but the simplest and most obvious in-your-face kind of reviews are found on sites such as Amazon, Amazon.com for those in the US or Amazon.co.uk for those in the UK. So in customer reviews, what you do find is anybody can leave their feedback on how they've uh, experience the product but a couple of things I just want to take you through in terms of how you consume this feedback if that applies to your business so first and foremost read as many reviews as possible and don't just take one review to be representative because this is a sample of those who even opt to give the feedback first and foremost so you're looking at the representative sample which by no means is exhaustive so you're basically just looking at a representative sample so first thing read as many reviews as possible. Second thing is try to extract only the key attributes or key comments that are relating to the specific product, 
that is being mentioned or that is being reviewed. So in other words, stay away from things such as emotional statements or tantrums or any such type of rants, you know, stay away from that. Just stick to the facts, stick to the basics. Then sometimes you do get an option to filter the reviews by looking at what other users have considered the most helpful or the most favorable reviews. Amazon is definitely one site which offers that. And then the other thing you might want to look at is also the kind of list of issues that are seem to be the most common issues and the number of times these are arising. So all that starts to inform the kind of consumer or customer feedback in terms of what customers feel about the products they've purchased. So that's going to be the first intelligence of from a customer insight point of view. The second method in customer insight I want to just cover is the aspect of social media networks. And no doubt, I mean, the two that stand out the most is Twitter and Facebook. So I'll start off with Twitter, which is really ideal for use in this kind of way. So Twitter, in, in essence, if, if you don't already know, is basically, it's like a microblogging platform where anybody can start up an account and on that account, you've got unlimited opportunities to post what are called tweets which are basically 140 characters of words, phrases, links, whatever, as long as it doesn't exceed 140 characters. And these tweets go out to the world, literally. They go out in real time. So you get a feel of what people are talking about at any given time. But the great feature about Twitter is on their homepage, twitter.com, they do have the powerful search functionality whereby if your product is, let's say, you are into dog training and if you just simply type in dog training you get instant results of anybody who's tweeting about dog training now some of those tweets might be relevant to inform you in terms of what people are saying maybe it's things you can then start acting on for your business but that is really the power of twitter for use in customer intelligence gathering there are also other uses such as uh, the hashtags which i have mentioned in a couple of episodes before the hashtag is merely like a tag that you put to a specific word or a, or a phrase that you then can use to monitor that particular phrase and look at how many people are mentioning this phrase what they're saying about that phrase or that keyword if that keyword is obviously relevant for your business so that's twitter right there the best way is really to experiment with it, but it is a powerful insight gathering tool. A lot of people don't realize that it's probably the most efficient real-time search. And the thing is, it doesn't rely on search engine optimization or uh, ranking such as what Google does. Google will only bring your results of your website to the top if you fulfill certain criteria, if you, your ranking is high enough. And that ranking is determined by several factors. Twitter is nothing like that. Twitter just gives you what people are saying right now about what they want to talk about. And, you know, in 2009, there's a statistic which I came across that says they get as many as 27 million tweets a day. It's probably a lot more than that. But that just gives you the power of Twitter in terms of real-time 
customer intelligence. The, the second method within social media network is Facebook pages. We all know Facebook, what it does really. It's a platform for socializing with friends, family. But the business use of Facebook is more in what are called pages, which are basically extensions of anybody's profile. But then pages are kind of product or service specific and rather relate to one particular offering. And you've got the ability for people to like the page by showing a vote of confidence. That's basically what pages are all about. But the great thing about pages is you also get the ability for people to post their comments and status on a Facebook page. So you might have a page that is focusing on a particular book that has been published. Let's say it's a four hour body book that Tim Ferriss has just published. And if it does happen to have a page on that, you can go on there and have a look at what people are saying about that book. And some of the ways in which the people express themselves could be things that you want to consider for your business. If, if your business is indeed selling this Tim Ferriss book, it's just an example. And so that's also one way to look at it. But no doubt all of these methods are time consuming. You don't want to spend, I mean, you're already limited as a business owner or entrepreneur. You're already limited in terms of the amount of time you have. So you don't want to even waste any more time socializing on this platform, just searching or waiting for people to talk about it. There are methods which you can use to automate the whole process of gathering customer intelligence from social media networks. The one method that I will recommend and I have used with ease and, you know, quite, quite innovative product. It's one that is called viral heat. So viral heat is basically a, agglomeration or an accumulation of several different social media platforms, the, the usual ones, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo, Flickr, all of these, they're all included. And what you do is you set up a, a campaign, what is called a campaign within the system, and you define what terms or what words you want to be monitoring all across the several different social media ne uh, networks. So it does all the donkey work for you behind the scenes. And then periodically, which could be once a day, you get a full report with detailed analytics of who is mentioned, whatever it is that you want to monitor. And the great thing about it, you start seeing trends. Sometimes there could be daily trends that most people mention this subject round about lunchtime in America, East Coast, whatever those demographics could be if that can be something you can then use if you then want to tweet at the same time that you know most people are talking about a product that you're promoting then you're starting to use that bit of customer intelligence to support your business decisions in terms of when you want to also coincide with that high peak or spike in the number of tweets that are related to a particular topic so that's just one example but there is so many ways to break down the powerful analytics you get behind the scenes and all that is done automatically behind the scenes if you uh, enroll on viral heat so packages start from nine dollars i believe a month and um, that's just a basic use but really powerful that's the one i've got and going all the way up to like ninety dollars for real corporate big brands like dell and sony and and so on they use the same tool to gather what people are saying 
Then the last method under social media is um, is discussion forums. The thing with discussion forums is these are really powerful. First of all, let's define what they are. So a forum is basically a means of anybody who's enrolled on this membership of a forum. If you're a member of a forum, you've got the ability to post questions, queries, or if you're having any trouble with any product you have, let's say you're trying to set your high definition television to work with your Blu-ray disc player and you're having issues, you can easily post a question to one of these forums asking that question. And the many members of the forum are more than happy to give you responses, give you answers and advice on whatever you may have asked. Now, the thing with forums is people who use forums are are key in that they are very close to making the purchase decision most of the time or some of the time because they're maybe inquiring just before they buy that Kodak Z8 camera. Let me just find out what people are saying. So they go into forums and they pose these questions and the response from other members of the forum can give you an idea about what people are really saying and really thinking about that particular product. So very powerful means of customer insight getting forums. So the one tip I want to leave you with in terms of forums is if you go into Google on the first page of Google, the first search page, and just type in the phrase forum, yeah, F-O-R-U-M, then put a semicolon, the two dots, one above, one below, semicolon, I think it is, anyway, (laughs) semicolon, yeah, and then you type in after the semicolon whatever is your interest so in my example dog training and then you hit search what you then get as as the results retained you get a list of all the forums that are currently talking about the subject of dog training and then you can then choose which one you want to be a member of and you start following or contributing whichever way you want so that's it right there on customer insight. I decided to spend quite a long time on that because I think that's the one that is the most important in terms of informing business decisions and how you may want to reconsider your product offering, service offering, improve your products, improve your service, or even innovate into new products and services. All that can be informed by just monitoring all these freely available information on the internet. Okay, so let's move on now to the second type of business intelligence. And this is one I call organizational insight. Now, this may not affect all businesses because it really concerns those businesses that do have a number of people working in that business. It could be business partners or it could be employees, management, a whole mix of that. You've all heard the term that people are the greatest asset for any business, but I like to put a twist to that. I like to call it the right people are the most valuable asset for any business, not just any person. So how do you then ensure that you've got the best people working for your business? What kind of intelligence informs you that you've got the best people who are going to give the best value for your business in terms of taking it forward? There are several ways to do that and several ways to work through that. And a combination of these methods is probably the way to approach it. But the one I like to recommend and put forward and really a very simple one is a tool that no doubt you will have heard of 
but I just want to put a twist to it to see how you could use it. And this tool is called the SWOT Analysis Tool. S-W-O-T. So it simply stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. So this is a way of an organization or a business looking inwards and looking at the people who make up that business who are by far the greatest asset in that business and agreeing to analyze those four things. The strengths, the weaknesses, opportunities, and the threats. So how does it all work together and how can you basically use it as a tool to enhance your business going forward? So first and foremost, I want to recommend that you, you actually use the SWOT analysis as a team building opportunity or you do it as a team building exercise because it's great for that as, as opposed to doing it in, you know, as individuals. So there are several ways to do it, but one of the most recommended methods is basically it's a brainstorming session where you kind of want to, if you can imagine a chart or a whiteboard somewhere on the wall, you kind of want to split it into four equal quadrants or four squares. Yeah. And so you will have the two squares in the top half being your strengths and weaknesses from left to right, respectively. I will put a little diagram in the show notes just to show what this looks like. But essentially what this is looking at is these are looking at internal factors within your business. So the strengths and weaknesses within the business in terms of your management, in terms of your staff, in terms of the business, stakeholders, your directors, and so forth. Really, we're not looking at personalities, but rather looking at the qualities and the attributes that the these people possess and how this can contribute to the well-being of the business. In the lower half of the SWOT chart, you get opportunities and the threats, which are ideally from left to right. Sorry. So opportunities on your left and threats on your right, which are really the external factors. And then if you look at the same chart in a different way, you look at the left-hand quadrants, yeah? The one on top and bottom will now be strength and opportunities. So those are your positive aspects of your SWOT analysis. And then on the right-hand side where you have the weaknesses and the threats, those are the negatives. So if I've managed to confuse you this far, then I've done a great job. <laughs> um, but really, it's, it's really a very simple approach to looking at yourselves as business people with the following questions in mind. So brainstorming is really gathering all the evidence or all the points that support any one of these quadrants, any one of these squares. So if we're talking about strengths, for example, you would want to list what you really believe are the strengths that you possess as a management team or as business directors that allow you to be competitive in your business. So what are the strengths you have? Once you've listed the strengths, that's only the beginning. The most important question you should take forward as a team is how can we best take advantages of these strengths? That is what it's all about. It's not, no, okay, knowing that your strengths is it's a great start, but just knowing it in itself doesn't, doesn't do much. For, for anybody really, what you want to be able to do is take actions of how you can best take advantage of these strengths. So you come up with agreed actions 
on, on, on that respect. This in weaknesses, again, it's the same approach. You list down what you believe are some of the weaknesses that the business faces from an organizational point of view. And the question to ask here is how can you minimize the impact of these? So again, on a similar vein, you come up with agreed actions of how you could minimize the impact of your weaknesses. In opportunities, it's really about taking advantage. So first of all, you would define what opportunities are presented to our business that we as management can tap onto straight away. So the questions there is how can we best take advantage of this? And then lastly, under threats, it's all about how do we deal once you've identified the threats, obviously in the same way, brainstorm them through. How can we deal with each threat identified? So at the end of the SWOT analysis, what you have is your output is really an action plan. An action plan which defines how you best take advantage of your strengths, how you will minimize the impact of your weaknesses, and how you will best take advantage of your opportunities. And lastly, how you can deal with each threat that has been identified. And that, my friends, is what I call a power SWOT. And just doing that exercise will do wonders for your business. And then obviously you want to come back and review after a while, have these actions actually been carried out. And I also include a, a great template for action plans in the show notes, which you can use in conjunction with the organizational insight. So that's number two out the way. The third type of business intelligence I want to cover is what I call competitor insight. So this, as the name implies, is really about knowing what's happening with your competition. You cannot afford to keep a blind eye in business. You have to stay close and keep a watch on what your competition is up to because what they are doing today could be what informs you in terms of your strategy going forward. Innovation and renovation of products and services is the differentiator in business today. To be competitive, you have to be creative, you have to be innovative, you have to come up with something that your competitors do not have currently. And it's not a one-off, it's an ongoing challenge to be better than your competitor. So what can you do in terms of gathering competitor insight? Well, the first method I want to share with you could be considered counterintuitive, but it's not. It's actually quite simple. Be your competitor's customer. So if you know who your competitors are, then go out and buy their products, buy their service, enroll on their programs, buy the software, test it out. What this will do is it will allow you to experience what your competitors' customers have experienced. And then you are able to use that intelligence to counter that or to improve on that or to even take a different twist or different angle that will allow you to be even more competitive. So let's have a look at the kind of things you may want to consider. So first of all, purchasing experience. What went on when you actually bought this service or these goods? How much did you pay, including any discounts and offers? What options were available to purchase via? Was it online sale? Did you have to walk into a shop? Or could you order, order the product or service by telephone? Whatever methods are available. What was the speed of delivery, if applicable, if it's something that needed to be delivered? How long did it take to be delivered? What is it returns or guarantee policy on, on these products, on the goods you've purchased? 
if you've purchased in person, how friendly were the personnel? How friendly were the staff? So that's everything around the purchasing experience. Then the next couple of questions you may want to ask is around the product or the service itself. How many variations were offered, if any? And what was the presentation like? What was the packaging like? How, how did it feel to actually open the product itself, to get into it, if this is applicable, obviously? What technology was used to deliver it, if it's applicable? Say it's software you've bought online. How did it get delivered to you? Was it a CD that was sent to you? Whatever it was. Then obviously on, on, on the goods itself, you want to find out what are the key features of this product? What, what, you know, how can you make a better product, a better service? If this is what your business does. Then you also want a couple of questions around the quality of that product or service. And quite simply, did this product fulfill the intended purpose? That's the main question around there. So if it was, say, to do ABC, has it actually done ABC? And also you may, again, if this is applicable, you may want to do what is called reverse engineering, where let's say you've bought a product, and I'll give a very basic example. It could be, say, energy drink, and maybe you 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 in that kind of business as well. So you may want to reverse engineer that product and have a look at, okay, what is what are the ingredients that have gone into it? And these days, you know, there's methods and not, not, not that you have to have a laboratory, but you can have independent laboratories engineer, reverse engineer products for you to find out exactly what's gone in there. Uh, you can do the same on the packaging materials as well. So if, if all of this makes sense to your type of product, then that's something to consider. Then you also want to look at backup service. What kind of backup service is offered? In, in purchasing that product, you know, you, and here you could make up some kind of a small problem and try and follow through what this competitor has put forward as their means of resolving that issue. Then you may also want, so that experience will show you how good their customer service is, backup service. Then you may also want to look at, are there any frequently asked questions or troubleshooting guides? So all of these questions, you then start to see where you are better off or worse off than your competitor. And you can do all this by experiencing it yourself. Second method in competitor insight is using the power of Google. Now, Google is used for so many, so many search needs. And I'm just going to cover Google search for competitor analysis purposes. And you can use other search engines, I imagine, but Google well, at least in the UK here, it represents 80% of all, of all searches done via Google. So it's, it's authoritative. And so what kind of search can you do? So firstly, with your competitors, if you know them, you just search for news items. Any mention of news about your competitor will give you pointers. Imagine one of your competitors and there's news about investment in a new equipment, in a new office, in a new branch, this kind of thing, you can get that through through the news. Sometimes financial reports that companies issue can have nuggets of information that you can act on. You can find out sometimes companies release their own strategy in terms of where they're going in the next couple of years. So if you know your competitors' strategies, then you're in a good space in terms of staying abreast and even getting ahead of your uh, competitor. Sometimes within Google search, 
looking for what your competitor is advertising as jobs can give you an indication of where they're going. I just, I like to give this simple example. Let's say you are in the market of producing denim jackets and you keep monitoring your, your competitors. What are they up to? Then one day you do a search in Google and you find they're advertising for a leather specialist, you know, then, you know, you, you want to ignore that at your own peril because that's an indication of where this company is heading, where this competitor is heading. So that's just a very small sample of how you can use search to find out what your competitor is doing. And then the last I want to cover is just around the website itself. Your competitor's website has a wealth of information you can act on. The first one, which is really very simple and straight in your face, is the About page. So about us, you get to know sometimes a little bit more than you knew about your competitors. If anything, you know, you could use as well this information, you know, as, as part of your competitive analysis arsenal. Other pages to look out for is your FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions page, because this gives an idea of the kind of problems they've been having with their products. So you want to use this to your competitive advantage as well. This goes hand in hand with troubleshooting guides and troubleshooting pages just by reading what are the common issues that people highlight gives a great idea of what, what it's all about. Then some websites have discussion forums as well. So again, in a similar vein, just reading through that will give you good indication of what people are talking about. Then the last thing is a lot of websites, you know, commercial websites, business websites, do have a blog associated to it as well. Once in a while, reading these blogs will give you an idea of new products that are in the pipeline or current issues that are pertinent to that particular business or industry. So all of these methods, really, really powerful. And the great thing, they're all free. Right, so the last type of business intelligence I want to just cover is market trends or market intelligence. So what do I mean? So basically, it's the ability to keep in touch with what's happening with your market. What are the trends? What is the future all about? This is key because you want to be moving with the trends. You don't want to move in your own direction, whereas the rest of the market is moving in, in a different direction. You know, trends is what informs decisions today. I'll give you a good example. I mean, my kind of setup here is I like uh, sharing information relating to business. That's what Small Bees Kaizen is all about inspirational for entrepreneurs. So I use podcasts such as this. I use videos. I use blogs to share my information. That's my business. That, that's what I enjoy doing. Now, if I consider market trends in my particular field, there's two things that are key for my consideration going forward. The first one is the increase in mobile devices and specifically mobile phones for use in accessing the internet or accessing websites. So I, I know more and more people are going to be accessing my websites using mobile phones and mobile devices, the iPad, the iPhone, the BlackBerry and so on. So it makes sense for my business decision going forward to optimize my website for these kind of platforms for mobile phones. Another method, another trend, which is really in my kind of sphere as well, is the whole advent of geosocial networks where people are able to inform their locations um, at any given time. And I've got one or two 
products that are lining up that I want to tap into this particular market trend. And all that, I'm making those decisions based on knowing what the market trend is. It's kind of like a crystal ball of anticipating what the future is like. But you're not just guessing. There are methods you can use to, to get to know where the market is heading. Now I'll cover a couple of these with you. The first one I'll really encourage you to do is belong to a forum or a group or a membership that is related to your industry. And a great way to find these groups to join is through social media platform again called LinkedIn. LinkedIn is like your professional network of professionals. <laughs> so it's like Facebook for professional people. And a lot of the people belong to some kind of a group. And this way is a great way to start conversations, start discussions, and start knowing what's happening in terms of market trends. And that's a great way. Another way I'll share with you is using iTunes, YouTube, and these kind of information directories. They are loaded with nuggets of information free. You just have to search. You just have to find the time to sit down once in a while and look for the things within your market and what's happening. Then the third method I just want to encourage as well is there are, depending again on your type of industry, but there are specific blogs which you can subscribe to, which are really great in terms of giving market trend information. The one I particularly follow is a blog called TechCrunch, which provides all the very latest news on gadgets, mobile phones, software, and all the latest geek news. So if your business is in, in this kind of tech field, TechCrunch is fantastic. For other types of businesses, I also want to recommend Euromonitor. And I'll put show notes to all of these recommendations, by the way, which offers global market research data and specializes in industries, consumer, and also country data. If you want to compare market country to country, for example, Euromonitor does that for you. Then the last recommendation I want to put forward is Nielsen Consumer Insight, which again offers a whole array of analysis through an assortment of articles and presentations. Some are free and some are paid. So there we have it, folks. That was four of my best methods to gather business intelligence. So let's go through that in real quick succession here. So customer insight was the first one. Voice of the customer using social media platforms to get feedback. And also don't forget to monitor those complaints. Second one was organizational insight, looking at yourselves as, a, as business owners, as business managers, and looking at how you could best make use of the SWOT analysis tool to come up with actions, to gear yourselves up to be the best you can be for your business. The third one was about competitor analysis, knowing who's your competitor, what are they up to, and then trying to counter their offer or improve on their offer as part of your strategy going forward. And the last one is market intelligence, really staying abreast with where the market is heading. You don't want to be developing uh, video playing machines or VHS machines when everybody is going to Blu-ray discs. You will be heading <laughs> back to where the dinosaurs are. So that's it, folks. I really hope you enjoyed that um, bit of a brain dump. Apologize for it going a little bit over the length, but I thought I'll just spend a bit of time share with you things that I really think I need to be considered regularly for business. It's not often you get a chance to look at your business in different ways. And this is what we like to do 
on this show, we'd like to share with you different ideas of how you can look at your business. Going forward, I want to just thank you for staying a subscriber and uh, listening into our podcasts all the time. It really gives me the inspiration to keep going, to see how many people are listening in. It really gives me the strength to go on and keep looking out for great subjects to bring you and to share with you. Talking of which, I want to also invite you to send any questions that you may have on your particular business or anything really relating to business improvement. This could be some of the topics we've covered or issues you're currently faced with. And I'll be more than delighted to share with you my response, my opinions, my experience on how, if that is a subject that I've been exposed to, uh, how I can share my answers with you and give you recommendations. If not, I'll also advise and I also have a great network which I can use to find answers for you. So let's start a question and answer vibe going on here and actually to really make it worth your while what i'm willing to do is i've got three copies of the pimp your biz the ebook which i've just published a month ago and um, the first three people to send me their questions will get a free complimentary copy of the pimp your biz package the whole package which includes the book presentations and the very useful spreadsheets and checklists that are used to improve your business. So all that is, I mean, it's, I'll send that to you free. If you are one of the first three people to send me a question on any of the issues relating to business improvement. Now, how do you send a question through? The best way is to just send me an email to brian at smallbeeskaizen.com. So once again, it's brian at smallbeeskaizen.com. Or if you want, you can use the contact us form, which is available on the website, www.smallbeeskaizen.com. So once again, folks, thank you so much for staying tuned in. And I look forward to entertaining, informing and inspiring you to use Kaizen as a central part of your business strategy. Over and out. Cheers.